As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. This is Tuesday night. And tonight we're going to pick up where we left off last night. And I'm really teaching line by line, principle upon principle, what is an apostle. And we're offering the series called Apostolic Ministry. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats. The back of the series says, today many people claim to be apostles. How do you know if someone really is an apostle or if he is a false apostle? That's a very important question, especially when so many people today are claiming to be apostles. Many are very sincere, but they are sincerely wrong. I do not question their sincerity. They just don't understand what it means to be an apostle. Do you know what it means to be an apostle? Is an apostle a missionary? Is an apostle a pioneer of some area of ministry? What is an apostle? That's very important for you to understand, so please get this. And it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you my book called Chosen by God. If you have not already ordered this, please order it today. This is one of those books that will be a real marker in your life. My editor, when she edited this new version of this book, she said, I'm going to do a Bible study with that book. That is a life-changing book. When you really know what God has chosen you to do, your life becomes full-color spectrum. Just life comes alive when you know what God has chosen you to do. So please order your copy today. But hey, tonight I'm here with Sister Renner, with Brother Renner and Brother Renner. Glad that you guys are here tonight. And I'm with Brother Renner. Yeah, there's a bunch of Renners here tonight. Yes, that's right. But it is a joy to be with you. We are so happy. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us to study the Bible with us. And I want to tell you, yesterday's home group, I really enjoyed. Why? That apostolus, which actually means admiral, I'd never heard that before. And I think it really explained what apostle was because Jesus' apostles, they went to the whole world and shared the gospel. And they were apostles. They took the gospel all over the place, places where the word of God had never been before. And that word apostle, which is admiral, really explained what their job was. Wonderful. Paul, what did you get out of last <clears throat> night? Well, Right now, while we were sitting here, I remembered when me and you were about 100 kilometers from Antakya, which is the biblical city of Antioch, right. and we were standing right on the sea where the Apostle Paul launched out. And Paul and Barnabas launched out on their first missionary trip. Okay, let's stop and tell where that is. Okay. Antakya is the old Antioch, but Seleucia is where you're talking about, and that was the port where Paul launched out after he was sent forth from Antioch with Barnabas. Barnabas, they had a prophetic word. They had a prophetic word, and the, and the Holy Spirit said that he was sending them. That's the word apostolos. Mm -hmm. That's when their apostolic ministry began, and that's exactly what you're describing. Yes, and we were right there where the port used to be. You can actually see fragments of the port in uh, Silius? Seleucia. Seleucia. You can see fragments of the port in Seleucia. Now, where is that? Now, if you're looking at the map of the Mediterranean Sea, if you can imagine Israel, and you go directly north from Israel, you kind of run into Syria. Turkey. You run into Syria, and then right after that, you run into Turkey, and then Turkey kind of turns left. Th right there in the corner, directly above where the... Really, just a little bit over the border from Syria. Yes. So that's where we were. At, and actually, when we were there, they told us stories about how bombs that were meant for Syria actually landed not far from where we were. 
That's very, right. Very That's interesting place actually, to be. Actually, people are not encouraged to go where we are, but you know what? We're often going where people are not encouraged to go because that's where there's a lot of sites that we want to show our TV family. And Paul and Barnabas went to the closest place they could possibly go, which is the Isle of Cyprus. That's right. Denise, we're glad you're here tonight. Thank you. Home group, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us. And remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. We want to pray for you. Please write us prayer at renter.org or call 1-800-742-5593. But again tonight, we have a globe on the set because we're talking about apostolic ministry and apostolic ministry is ministry that happens in other places. Now I have to answer a question that the Renner team asked me last night. What about countries like America? Are there apostles in America? Of course there are. There are apostles everywhere. There are places in America where the church has never really been established. It's hard to believe, but there really is frontline ministry even in America. Probably there's apostolic ministry in New York City, in nicks and corners of New York City where nobody else has ever been willing to go. But somebody goes there to establish the church, that can be frontline ministry, even in the context of America. There have always been apostles, there will always be apostles, and there are apostles all over the world, but there are not as many as it seems like there are if you look at TV programs or magazines. And I'm not being critical, just a lot of people misuse the word apostle because they just don't know what it means. They think that it's cool to be called an apostle, that if you're an apostle, that you have a new revelation. Having a revelation does not make you an apostle. An apostle is specifically connected to the concept of replicating the church in a new place, the church. That's why it is inappropriate to call somebody the apostle of prayer the apostle of faith, the apostle of finances. That's just a nice way of saying that is a trailblazer in the area of finances. While that person has really been a leader in the area of faith, that person has really made an impact in praise and worship or prayer. That's good. That's wonderful. We need to honor them. But don't abuse the word apostle because then it muddies the water and people don't know what it means. The word apostle <clears throat> is a very important word. Now, what does it mean? Well, our anchor verse this week is Ephesians 4, verse 11, which says, And Christ gave some, the Greek says, some indeed to be apostles. The first on the list is apostles. And we saw last night that the word apostle is the Greek word apostolos. It's a compound of two Greek words. The word apo, which means a way, it carries the idea of a separation the word stello means I send. This is what Paul was referring to whenever Paul and Barnabas were sent from Antioch. They were sent away. But the word stello, the second part of the word, really is a derivative of the word stolas. The word stolas is emphatically a military term, which describes a military campaign, a military expedition. It described an army that would go to the front lines. They would push into brand new territory to crush an enemy and to take new territory for a kingdom. All of that is in this word, apostle. Well, most teachings about apostolic ministry say that the word apostolos, the word apostle, means a sent one. Do you see how weak that is? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just so weak. What does that mean, a sent one? In a way, we're all sent. We're all sent, but we're not all apostles. We're not all apostles. But an apostle is one that has been empowered, 
he has been dispatched with a team to crush the enemy in brand new territory, usually in virgin territory, to take new territory for the kingdom of God. And we saw last night the first primary meaning of the word apostolos, the word apostle was used during the time of Demosthenes, the Greek writer, the orator. And it was the Greek word for an... Admiral. What kind of admiral? A colonizing admiral. A colonizing admiral. That is important. Now, what you're going to find tonight is there are four primary meanings of the word apostle to New Testament ears. Not to our ears, but if you were living in the New Testament time and you heard the word apostle, that word apostle had four potential meanings. All of them are important when we talk about apostolic ministry. But number one, an apostle primarily was the admiral for a fleet of ships. And Paul, who was on that fleet of ships? Workers, workers, builders, people ready to help the admiral colonize or build whatever he was supposed to build. And where did they go? They went to virgin territory. So they didn't go where other cities were already established. They went where no cities were established. And when their ship arrived, they disembarked the entire team. And guess what? The moment that they arrived, the role of the admiral changed a little bit. He became the team leader. And when they disembarked and entered into that new territory, he became the construction supervisor. He became the team leader. He couldn't build the building. He, he could not lay the roads. He couldn't do any of that. He was not an educator. But he became the leader for the whole team and gave direction. And together under his leadership, he gave the vision as they begin to construct a city in a new place. And the primary job of that admiral and his crew was to replicate their culture in a new place. That's where the word apostolos originally came from. But there's more than that. Are you ready for this? Denise, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's go to meaning number two. Are you ready, home group? The word apostolos, translated in the New Testament as the word apostle, was exactly, listen to this, the meaning of the word passport. If you wanted to travel in the first century, you also had to have a travel document. You had to have a travel document. It was the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire strictly controlled the movement of people. And if you wanted to travel, you had to have a travel document. And if you wanted to get a passport to travel in the first century, then you had to go apply for your apostolos because your travel document was called a apostle, hmm. which means if you didn't have an apostle, if you did not have a passport, you weren't going to be going anywhere. Is that right? That's right. Now, what happens when somebody does not have a passport? They get to stay home for a long time. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much desire they have. Yes. They're not going to cross the border if they don't have a passport. Well, we use the word passport, but in the first century, it was called a apostolos. Even today, there are still apostilles. There are still documents called apostilles. And they're very official, and they give you the rights to do things. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? The same term is still used in a legal sense today. Now, Joel, do we know anybody that doesn't have a passport? We do. We've invited people to come see us in Moscow to Russia, and they're like, oh, you want us to come? We're so happy we want to go but we don't have a passport. And we say, well, you need to apply for one. And then you need to apply for a visa to come to Russia. 
and the whole process starts. But there are people that are mom and dad's age who have never left the United States. And that sounds really odd to me because where we live in Russia, everyone has a passport. You can't do business. You can't do life without a passport. And so whenever I hear that Americans sometimes don't have passports, I'm just I'm amazed by it. Not, not only Americans. There are other people that haven't traveled. But it's pretty odd for us because we travel a lot. Well, we travel a lot because we're connected to so many countries. But, you know, if, if, you, if you grow up in the United States... You don't think about this. Maybe you've never thought about this, but America's kind of an island. It's got an ocean on both sides. Wonderful island. It's a wonderful island. It's a big island, and there's a lot to do there. And a lot of people have never left the United States. They have never had a reason to have a passport. But if you want to travel, you have to have a passport. Now, when Mom and I were growing up, you could go to Mexico and Canada with a birth certificate. But that day is long gone. Today, you are not crossing that border if you don't have a passport. So I brought my passport, Denise. I brought my passport. Notice we have passports. You know why? Because we cross a lot of borders. How about you, Joel? What do you have in your hand? I have my Russian passport. In 2011, me and my wonderful wife got married, and I decided we need to be of one citizenship. So I have dual, I have dual citizenship, American and Russian, and so do my kids. But this is my Russian passport. And this is our internal passport. In Russia, we have two passports, one's internal and then one's for external travel. So that's, that's the system here. And I want to tell you that having a Russian passport gives you privileges that this one does not give us. As long as we just have this, we're here as visitors. Now, Denise and I also have what is called a Vidnozitistva. This is the equivalent of an American green card. And we waited years and years and years and years and years and years and years for this. Literally, we worked and worked and worked and how we love our Vidnozitostva. And uh, this gives us the right to reside here. Isn't it a blessing? Oh, yes. When they gave us this Vidnozitostva, oh, I was so happy. It anchored us here. Because before you had Vidnozitostva, <coughs> equivalent of American green card, we had visas. And visas lasted a year sometimes less, and these green cards expire every five years, and you just have to renew them. That's right. So it just gave a lot of stability to our family. But a passport gives you the ability for the rite of passage. It gives you the ability to cross borders, to cross into new territory, to go places you could not go without a passport. You know what else a passport does? It gives you identity. When you have a passport, you know who to appeal to if you need help. It gives you protection. A passport is a very serious thing. Well, in the New Testament, they did not use the word passport. They used the word apostolos. So an apostle became a passport for the church. Take this into the context of the church, which means if you had an apostle, you had somebody in your life who would enable you to cross into territory that you would never get to by yourself. Mm. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? If you were connected to an apostle, he could take you into new spiritual territory. An apostle had power, he had privileges, he had anointings that were very unique with his apostleship. And if you were connected to an apostle, you were going to really go places. Well, let's take it back to your physical passport that you have. Your physical passport says who you are connected to and who will protect you and who is vouching for you. 
So your passport is not just something that you own. It's actually something you're part of. And by being connected to an apostle, a person, by being connected to the calling on a certain person, that's opening up new opportunities for you because you're connected to that. It's giving you identity. That's powerful. Listen to what I've written right here. So when the word apostolos was applied to individuals in the New Testament, I'm talking about apostles, it referred to apostles, are you ready? Who were able to spiritually lead believers and churches in a journey that they could never go on by themselves. The apostle would lead those under his care into spiritual dimensions and spiritual territories that they would never reach on their own. In this sense, an apostle was a spiritual passport that enabled believers and churches to journey into deep spiritual truths and into virgin territory. So if we just stopped right there, we've already seen two important things about an apostle. And the first two things we've seen about the word apostolos is movement. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? An apostle is not someone that is stationary in one place. An apostle is an admiral. He's in movement. An apostle is one who will enable you to move into new territory. But let's move to meaning number three. Are you ready? Ready. Meaning number three, the word apostle from the Greek word apostol, I'm reading from my notes, was also used to describe a person who had the authority to act in the stead of the one who sent him. And for this reason, it was used to depict an ambassador who represented a foreign government, also someone on the move. Mm -hmm. You were in a new place, in a new country, as a representative or as an ambassador. Listen to this. This classical and secular meaning of the word apostolos was an envoy sent to do business, sent to do business on behalf of the one who sent him. And such people served as personal representatives, emissaries, messengers, diplomats, or ambassadors, and possessed clout and influence to speak and to act on the behalf of the one who sent him on his assignment. And this is why very often in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul will say, it's not me speaking, it is the Lord speaking. Mm -hmm. He understood as an apostolic that when he spoke, his words would be perceived as the very words of Jesus himself. An apostle is never to speak on his own behalf. It is prohibited. A real apostle speaks on behalf of the one who sent him, and the sender is Jesus. So an apostle is Jesus' ambassador. He expresses the heart of Jesus. He expresses the will of Jesus. He expresses the policies of Jesus. He carries the clout of Jesus. And apostles in New Testament times had real clout. They had real authority. If somebody was a bona fide apostle, people stood in awe of that individual because they understood that was a person who had really been sent as Jesus emissary. And in the case of the New Testament, it meant that they were a representative of the church of, in Jerusalem. It meant that they had authority that someone else could back up and, and say, yes, this person can speak on our behalf. Absolutely. There were different levels of apostles, and we're going to see that in the next program. There were the first apostles, but then there were other layers and levels of apostles. It's going to this, oh, I can hardly wait for tomorrow night when we see what kind of apostles there were. But let's go to meaning number three. Are you ready for this? I'm sorry, meaning number four. The word apostolos, which in the New Testament is translated as the word? Apostle. Apostle. 
in the mind of a New Testament hearer also described a spiritual leader who had been gifted by the gods with revelation. Revelation that would take people into new realms. So if you heard that someone was an apostle in New Testament times, and this is what people primarily think about today, they think it's somebody who has revelation. It did mean that. Not just anybody that had revelation, somebody who was specially gifted by the gods with insight that nobody else had. And this is why when the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians, he said in Galatians chapter 1, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, not taught by men, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He was backing up that word apostle. I have been gifted by God with revelation that did not come from other men. It came from God himself. So an apostle was somebody who had received special revelation and they had the ability to take you into it. Denise? Well, I'm thinking about Jesus because he was the first apostle. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow night. Really? Yeah. Because he did everything you're talking about. He did. He, he was, was sent. He was sent. He had revelation. Into virgin, virgin territory, territory. Complete darkness he was sent into. And that's why we're told in Hebrews 3.1, Janice is jumping the gun and she didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. Jesus is called the first apostle. He really is the chief example of an apostle. He was sent. He was the admiral of the church. He gave gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Jesus to this day is not working by himself. He's working with the team, but my friend, Jesus is the team leader. He came to territory nobody had ever been to. He drove back hell. He crushed the enemy. Yeah. And he's been replicating the kingdom of God all over the earth. Yes. Jesus did all of that. If you're hitched up to Jesus, you've got a passport that will take you wherever you need to go. Jesus is God's representative. He speaks the very word of God. He's got the clout of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is the spiritual leader you need to take you into new realms of revelation that's why he's called the first apostle in Hebrews 3, verse 1. But we're going to come back there tomorrow night. But let's review all of this real quick. Are you guys ready? Ready. All right, listen to this. So to New Testament believers' ears, when they heard the word apostle, it really meant something. Do you guys see how important it is that you don't dilute words? Oh, words have meaning. Don't change those meanings. People who say words don't have meaning, they don't know what they're talking about. Those are silly people. Words have meaning. Don't dilute words. Don't misuse terms. They are very, very important. And the word apostle to a New Testament ear was very strategic. And to a New Testament ear, an apostle, number one, was a spiritual admiral. He was a spiritual architect. He was an overseer a coordinator, the chief leader responsible for colonizing new territory with the Word of God and with the culture of the New Testament church, number two. An apostle was like a spiritual... Passport. Passport. He provided passage from one spiritual dimension to another dimension. He had an anointing that would enable individuals and the church to journey into new spiritual growth that it would never reach apart from an apostle's teaching, which means when you're hooked up to an apostle, you're probably going to go places you could never get to by yourself. That's important. Number three, 
An apostle was like a spiritual ambassador, authorized. The apostle Paul was authorized. That's why he was so bold when he wrote his letters. He was an apostle. He was authorized to speak and to act on the Lord's behalf. He represented Jesus Christ, had the backing of God's kingdom behind him when he spoke. He had the clout and he had the authority to get things done. That's something else about apostles that are different from missionaries. Missionaries are very essential. They do very important things. But an apostle has a unique anointing. He has clout. He gets things done. People stand in awe at what a real apostle is able to do. But my friend, don't glorify the man. It is the gift that's operating in him. It is the anointing of an apostle. It just has clout and it has authority. And finally, we saw that an apostle is a spiritual leader who possessed supernatural insights given to him by Christ that were vital for the growth and the upbuilding of the church. Now, in my personal life, I know several people that are apostles. You know what's interesting about real apostles? They don't go around telling people they're apostles. In fact, the ones that are really apostles tend to not even use that word. Isn't that something? But there's a lot of wannabe apostles, and I'm already always very leery of people who easily use that word apostle. Doesn't mean that they're all wrong. I'm just telling you it makes me a little uncomfortable. The people I know that are the real deal, they don't go around saying, I'm the real deal, I'm the real deal. They just do what they do, and that anointing is very obvious. There's a lot of responsibility connected to that anointing. I mean, because if you are given the anointing to be an apostle and you're not doing it, or if you call yourself an apostle, but you're not really doing the work of an apostle, that, that doesn't work. There's a lot of responsibility connected to that calling. And as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, wow, just like you, you may think, I need a passport. I'm thinking, wow, I need to be connected to an apostle. I need to be connected to someone who can take me places I've never been. I need to be connected to someone who can open things to me that I need to understand. I need to be connected to someone that can help me or that I can help build the church. It's so important to be connected to someone like that. Oh, it's, it's powerful. See how important it is to understand what the word apostle means? Mm-hmm. And that's why I want you to have the whole series. I'm telling you, the series is fabulous. It's called Apostolic Ministry. I thought about teaching this for a long time. And I had done a previous series called Fivefold Ministry. And I covered this so fast, I just felt like I did an injustice to it. So I came back and dedicated five whole sessions to the subject of what is apostolic ministry and it comes with a great study guide the two of these together will really help you or anybody who wants to understand fivefold ministry apostolic ministry and we're also offering you my book called chosen by god but we're out of time when we come back tomorrow night we are going to remarkably see how many people in the new testament are called apostles and i think you might be surprised it's going to be good but we're out of time it's been great tonight Thank you for being with us. Sleep well tonight, and we'll see you in tomorrow night's home group. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.